Hey everyone, it's Movie Films Time with Bill and Steve. I'm Steve. And I'm Bill. Movies talk, so let's talk movies. Let's talk those movies. How, How are you, you doing, doing, Steve? Oh, shit. Aha, gotcha, Damn sucker. it, damn it, damn it. I'm doing well. I got the call. I will be a guest at Cinema Wasteland. Oh, that's great. So if you kids out there, you know, live near the Cleveland area, or you go to Wasteland, keep an eye out for me, come by the booth, say hey, buy my movies. Yeah, buy his movies, then go down to another section of booths and talk to someone who did uh, porn films in the 1970s. Perfect. I don't know who they got this year, but it's every, someone. Show, every, every show they have at least a couple, which is cool. That's fine. I think that's cool. That's very cool. I, I'm sure some people might see that as, oh, why why did they get this washed up has-been lady who did porn? Well, hey, you know, someone liked that person. So. People were interested in that, yeah. Yeah, and I think, is it, uh, shit, I got my shows mixed up. Is this one the Day of the Dead cast yes. reunion? Yes, is the Day of the Dead cast reunion, which is the fastest selling uh, pre-order show they've ever had. Well, they have, like, everybody, so, I mean, they've really, like, that's pretty much all their guests are basically people who are in Day of the Dead. Yes. Which, that's pretty cool. That's one thing I was looking forward to, but then, obviously, uh, Shimmer Women's Wrestling uh, was it that same weekend. Seems like everything is that weekend. God April's damn it, very, Shimmer. April is a very busy month for things going on, apparently. 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 Well, then. Uh, WrestleMania is coming up this Sunday. <coughs> uh, that will be questionable how good that's going to be. We'll see. Um, the road to WrestleMania has not been a hot one. It's been a very cold one. Very icy um, road. Bray Wyatt as a wrestler who's going to be facing The Undertaker, and he's been cutting promos uh, against himself for the past month and a half because The Undertaker has not shown up at Raw or anything. Okay. Uh, Undertaker hasn't shown up since last WrestleMania. Oh. So that's, the, that's the best way to promote your WrestleMania and your Undertaker match is by having him not do anything. Perfect. And hopefully he doesn't show up because I have no interest in seeing that match. Didn't he super retire? No, he didn't retire. No, he's not officially retired or anything. He just last year fought Brock Lesnar, uh, suffered a concussion. How real? How real that is? I don't. You know, that's that's you know, mm -hmm. can be debated because it's wrestling. Um, and lost, broke the streak because <coughs> at that point he is undefeated. Uh, that was just, he became the twenty-one and one. Mm -hmm. Brock Lesnar is the one and twenty-one and one who beat who, who beat the one. I don't know. Like Paul Heyman has some promo on that, but. Yeah, so that's that. So, I don't know. There's not a lot going into WrestleMania I'm excited for, but you know what? It's WrestleMania. I feel that The Undertaker should have just stopped wrestling when he was 20-0. That's what a lot of people say. Um, the fact that they kept it going after that is insane and stupid, and that was just them being like, oh, that way we can still have two main events at WrestleMania. One is the streak, and the other is whatever the title match is. Yeah. That's true. That's, that's what everyone kind of said. Like, I know... It's kind of going off topic a little bit for us, but um, when CM Punk did Colt Cabana's podcast, everyone would kind of tell him, because he was the... Two years ago, he did, he did he was fought The Undertaker, and everyone said, oh man, your match is like the main event match. He's like, yeah, but it wasn't the main event. <laughs> yeah. And so it's like that, because that was a lot of his gripes, so he never got the main event at WrestleMania, even though he busted his ass all the time. Um, but yeah, so, you know, it's WrestleMania, a big thing, and it's six hours long. <laughs> It's... I mean, they're a two-hour-long pre-show, and I think it's it itself is going to be four hours long. Mm -hmm. And it's on the East Coast, so it's going to be, like, getting over around, like, eight or nine. So it's, go it's still going to be, like, daylight out during WrestleMania in an outdoor stadium. <laughs> so that's going to be interesting. But So that's that's all that. So, um, yeah, anything else interesting going on, Steve, besides uh, just uh, Wasteland News? I heard you did a AMA for Reddit. How'd that go? It was a super dud. 
Super uh, dead. Yeah, which was weird because I did one like nine months ago or whatever about being Spider-Man in my movies and stuff, and it was a huge hit. Um, I, it was just kind of under the radar. I didn't like contact the moderators or anything. I just kind of posted it, and uh, a bunch of people liked it. And one of the mods outright said, "You know, next time we do one of these, contact us so we can put you on the calendar." Because I think this is something that a lot of people would be really interested in. And the fact that you like you weren't on the calendar meant that a lot of people probably missed it. So, you know, nine months passed, and I feel that enough time had passed and new stuff had happened that it was a fair time to get back on it. So contacted the moderators, got put on the calendar, and I was ready, posted it, you know, three in the afternoon, decent time in the middle of a lot of stuff, you know, that way it can be up for the rest of the night. Fucking, it's a dud. <laughs> cool. Got about 15 questions or so, and that's it. Barely any upvotes, not really any uh, traffic. So it's just just weird that the other one like blew up, and this one, no one cared about at all. You sold out, man. I sold out. You're, you're right. on that calendar. That means you're a sellout. I'm a fucking on sellout. Reddit of all places. <laughs> the worst place to sell out. Worst place to sell out on the biggest circle jerk of the internet. <laughs> uh, so yeah, I mean, whatever. I've whatever, had hey, I've had good ones, and Reddit has uh, a couple of my things have made it to like the front page of Reddit and got good. Uh, promotion for that, so I'm not going to knock it. It was just a weird, a weird experience, simply because of how well the other one did by comparison. You should have got on there and said, "Hey guys, I was on E once." <sighs> yeah, you're right. I should have done that. <laughs> oh, that's that's a good inside joke. No one, no one will get. Um, so uh, let's just let's just uh, move along here with our uh, glorious uh, Wednesday Hump Day. Ha <laughs> <laughs> that, ha! That's funny, right? No. Ah! No, it's not Geico. Uh, I love it. Uh, <laughs> so, uh, something I kind of mentioned before, and I guess is official now, uh, Fifty Shades of Grey will be getting an unrated Blu-ray in May that will be three minutes longer than the theatrical version. What is possibly in those three minutes that would have made the movie, like, NC-17? I don't know. Maybe an erect penis. Here's hoping. Although, I don't remember. I don't know if erect penis gets you an X or gets you an automatic NC-17. So, I'd have to say erect penis. Okay, erect then penis. Then it'd be the question, is it a stump penis? I don't know. But, I don't know. Um, I, gee, that's, I mean, that's pushing, that's going to be 129 minutes. That's getting long for even my curiousness to pick it up at the resale shop. It's, it's, that's a really long movie. Well, I, I, I apologize to the lead actress. Um, apparently she's really good in it. Like, she, her acting, she treats the film almost as if it's a comedy, I heard. Oh, that's great. Uh, to where it's like, she's super likable, but the uh, lead guy who plays Grey in the film apparently is a stiff-as-fuck board, no pun intended, um, who is terrible. And apparently even uh, behind the scenes, they, uh, the lead actress and him... Um, okay, it's right here, uh, Dakota Johnson. And... Uh, Jamie Dorman, okay. Dorn, Dorman. I think I got those right. Those are both very, very uh, ambiguous names. So I hope I'm getting <laughs> the names right for the two. Um, apparently, they didn't like each other, so I don't know how well that translated. I don't know. Didn't read the book, obviously, so I don't know. I just, I did. It was terrible. Yeah, I mean, I, 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 I think everybody at this point's read excerpts. Like someone posted, like you won't believe. How, here's like the top ten worst parts of Fifty Shades of Grey. Mm-hmm. Um, so, I don't know. Curiosity has me. If I see it like for three or four bucks at the resale shop, I will. I'll check it out. That's fair. I think it's. I think it's you know just you know curiosity. So there's that unrated version. Get some more sexy time. I, I assume maybe that will have the fisting scene. <laughs> Here's hoping. Uh, other uh, means of uh, I don't 
tried to have a good segue here and fuck that up. <laughs> Perfect. Uh, Vin, Vin Diesel predicts Bex, Bex, fuck, best picture win for Furious 7. <laughs> uh, uh, for uh, what award ceremony, Bill? For the Academy Awards. Okay, I think he's right. Uh, here's his quote. Universal is going to have the biggest movie in history with this movie, Diesel told Variety. It will probably win Best Picture at the Oscars, unless the Oscars don't want to be relevant ever. There is nothing that will ever come close to the power of this thing. Well, there you go. Uh, we're going to have the best movie of all time with Fury 7. And... Oh, that's April. Oh, Jesus Christ. What? I didn't realize that comes out April 3rd. Oh, wow. I didn't realize it so soon. Uh, I feel bad because I had, the last one I saw was Fast and Furious. I hadn't seen Fast 5 or... Uh, Fast, and, Fast and Furious 6. I haven't seen anything after the first one. Oh, I saw... I feel that I should see all of them because I hear that 6 was really good and it was leading into a really even better 7. Uh, yeah, I heard... Because um, I saw 4, wasn't too happy with it. I had seen everything up... Uh, I had seen 1, 2, 3, and 4 all in theaters um, when they came out and uh, I wasn't too happy with 4 too much so I didn't really see 5 and I feel bad because everyone said 5 was balls to all crazy and 6 was even crazier and mm -hmm. I just feel like I had been slow getting to it but I wanted to I was hoping it'd be farther out because I want to pick up the uh, Blu-rays because Rachel had never seen any of the films well maybe I'll just skip ahead and watch 5 and 6 I'm sure you can be fine <laughs> I'm sure you're fine I, from my understanding 6 does lead into 7 so I think to see 7 fully I think the only thing you need to see is 6 Although, apparently, since now you've seen trailers for 7, it'll spoil some of 6. Well, I know that Paul Walker lives... Well, uh, this <laughs> is awkward thing, now. Um, at South by Southwest, they had a screening of Fury 7. Apparently, they told everyone that's been at the screenings to keep it hush-hush mm -hmm. on like how they handle the Paul Walker thing. And I haven't read anything yet, so and I'm sure someone's posted somewhere, but I'm, <clears> look, I'm looking forward to seeing how they handle it. Me too. Apparently, um, it was very... Um, like from I assume from how everyone how much everyone cared about him, that's I'm sure it's gonna be good. And super respectful, respectful and, yeah. Yeah, so it'd be, that'd be incredibly interesting to see how they handle it. Cause I I can't I think um I'm trying to think the last time an actor died during mid shooting of something. Obviously, there's Brandon Lee is the big example of that for The Crow. Um, Heath Ledger we, for that uh, uh the movie that was after the, the Dark Knight. The, yeah, that's my me and Rachel just talking about the other day. The um. Uh, shit. The, was, I just read it. It was like, like Dr. Parnassus or something. Yeah, um, some weird fucking thing. The Wonder Porium with Doc. No. I don't know. Something like that. I mean, I'm going to laugh because I just knew this title the other day. <laughs> um, so, yeah, that would be really interesting. I love how Vin Diesel is just so, like, silly about shit. Like, I'm sure someone can read that in earnest and think that he's being serious. But he's clearly, like, I, like I've, I've said, he's just this giant, fun fucking nerd who so happens to be a really famous actor. Yeah, ripped his shit, fucking awesome dude who yeah. also just plays World of Warcraft. Yeah, <laughs> I think he still does too. I never, heard, I never, heard, I don't think I've heard him say he doesn't play anymore. Yeah, I'm sure so he, he still just, does. He's just rocking his rad ass shaman. He just fucking walks into fucking raid battles and be like, "It's Diesel time." <laughs> I, I hope that's I hope, not what if it I does. ever meet Vin Diesel and I get to interview him or anything, I'm gonna ask him that if that's his macro for when he does something in the game. <laughs> Everyone does the whole Leroy Jenkins. Vin Diesel's like, it's Diesel time. And that deep baritone voice. Immediately wins. And then the loot, all the loot drops. And by loot, I mean panties. <laughs> oh, this is the golden loot. <laughs> um, okay, so uh, continuing our the epic news of how Batman v Superman is going to suck. Uh, Jesse Eisenberg, uh, his version of Lex Luthor has uh, shown up. There's pictures in Entertainment Weekly. Uh, I evolved Jesse Eisenberg, all black and white, looking very serious and looking uh, pretty cool, I think. 
I agree. If, if we're continuing the streak of just looking at one image, one promotional image... And judging for, the entire um, film. Judging the entire film, it's looking great. <laughs> yeah, I agree. I mean, it's just Jesse Eisenberg bald, uh, but A, that covers the whole is he going to be bald question, which is fair, because that was yeah. a question. Um, and also, I mean, I've been saying Jesse Eisenberg was fucking perfect for the role ever since he was announced. You know, I mean, he basically was Lex Luthor in The Social Network, except less evil. <laughs> um, and you know Lex Luthor has always been the image of like the of the corporate America Fortune 500 company and these days you know Steve Zuckerberg is that sort of image mm-hmm. um, so going with Jesse Eisenberg compared to like say fucking anyone else that people were suggesting like Brian Cranston who's about 40 years too old for the role yeah especially given the age of every, like Henry Cavill and yeah. everybody else um yeah, I think Eisenberg's going to knock it out of the park. You know, he looks good in this image, but, you know, it just looks like Eisenberg with no hair. Yep. I'm down. But, I don't know, we've been, we've been positive on him since he was announced, so... Yeah. But, oh, one thing I want to know is I like how they're promotional for this stuff. Is like, hey, here's, here's some images. Yeah. Uh, I'm, although I'm going to take... I'm going to dread... Ta- I'm dreading taking those words back when the movie gets closer to coming out, and then there is the inevitable teaser for the teaser... I'm sure that will happen, but I th- they're doing it the right way up until that point, at least, you know? I, I can't remember... I don't think Man of Steel had a teaser for the teaser. No, it didn't. Another, another Batman film. Batman, all the Batman films have just had it, really good... Man of Steel um, did have the Walmart one-day early screenings. I went to those. I also went to that, and I was really annoyed because right before the movie started, they showed interviews with the cast and crew and kept showing clips from the movie that I was literally just about to watch... Yeah, I felt that was a bit unnecessary, too. <laughs> Fucking s- spoiling shit that I'm, I've been waiting to see. Avoiding all these trailers, and then here's the shot of Superman flying a, up towards this giant robot thing. Like, what the fuck? No! Why did you show that? <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I do remember that happening, and that was very odd in the theater. I thought so, I thought so. It's almost weird, like... I don't know if this... I don't remember last time this has happened. This has happened before, where I'd go to a theater, and the... Uh, the selection of trailers happen to have a trailer for the movie I'm seeing. Mm-hmm. And I was loving that kind of goof up happens. Whoever, whoever put together the trailer package for that particular showing always cracks me up. So yeah, good uh, things. Can't wait to of, see what else comes next. Of course. Uh, I'm, I'm assu- I, let's see. I'm going to say Cyborg. Mm-hmm. It seems like the next one. I'm going to guess Flash. Oh, I guess that's true. I don't know. Maybe they're gonna switch. Maybe I don't know. Maybe they're gonna try to ride this train of people wanting. I don't know. Black actors in movies, which sure, that's a good thing. Maybe maybe they'll ride try to get on that, get some hype off that, and show off. Could be cyborg, which I think I don't. Maybe maybe, maybe they won't show him either because I feel like he's the easiest one to really translate because he's just a cyborg guy. You know, it's really easy. Just take the actor, put on robot bits, boom, set. Yeah. Good, good, I hope it's go. the eighty cyborg that looks lame as hell. The one that looks like he's wearing like has like little garter belts on his on his thighs. Yes. <laughs> yeah, works works well in cartoons, not necessarily in, in film, probably. Um, so, kind of relating to our our ongoing discussions of Jason Statham, uh, we have the trailer for Transporter Refueled. That is uh, very Jason Stathamness. It's Na- Jason Stathamless, if I could say that correctly. <laughs> Uh, Steve, I showed you the trailer. Uh, what do you think? Uh, it. I don't know. What do you think? I think this guy is doing a really, really 
mediocre Jason Statham impersonation. Because it seems like as if the producers want people to still think of Jason Statham, but couldn't get Jason Statham. Yeah. Uh, well, apparently, um, they filmed. Uh, he was uh, Statham. They, if I remember correctly, I should probably should have read this beforehand, but you know, whatever. Fuck it. Uh, Statham was going to be in this, but he showed uh, he had some other prior engagements. Okay. So whatever other movie, you know, Statham does lots of movies, so he just couldn't do you know make time for this. I'm sure between the Expendables films, between doing Fury 7 between the upcoming spy film between all this other stuff I'm sure you just couldn't make time so they thought oh let's not wait and get the guy who's kind of the the face you know, of the franchise yeah exactly let's just uh, get Ed Skirts Ed Screen Screen Ed let's get Ed let's get That's Ed guy. let's get Cillian Murphy light uh, so yeah the trailer is really shitty uh, it's trying to be like a sort of like fucking uh, well, I forgot the name of that movie. The dream movie that Nolan did. Oh, um, Inception. Thank you. It's trying to be like an Inception trailer with the consistent cuts to black and the soundtrack. And then there's some okay action. And the, and the trailer is telling me nothing. I don't know if this is a new transporter, if this is a guy who is playing Jace, who's playing Frank, except it's a new guy. It tells me nothing about the plot whatsoever. It looks like it's just trying to rehash the original film and brings nothing new to the table. And it just kind of generally looks like a direct-to-DVD movie, which would yeah. be fine if it was a direct-to-DVD movie, but it's not. So it can be similar to the Universal Soldier direct-to-VHS movies yeah. that didn't have Christopher Lambert had somebody else. I'm not thinking Christopher Lambert. I want to be doing that. I meant to say um, Jean-Claude Van Damme. I don't know why I did that. Sorry. My mistake. Um, Whoops. Yeah, whatever. I, you know, Christopher Lambert, Universal Soldier movie, that'd be great. There are two foreign dudes that, you know, speak English questionably. Yes. Um, <laughs> no, uh, then, then, um, the thing I have to remember, there was the Transporter TV series, but that didn't do very well, so... I we can forgot probably, that existed. Yeah, that existed as well. Uh, so you could also point to maybe not having Jason Statham in your things is probably not the best... Not a good idea. ...way to go about it. And I think you brought up the whole Jeremy Renner playing Jason Bourne in that fourth... Born, I did. Born film. Born Ultimatum. Was that that? Was that that one, or is that a different one? Uh, I forget which boy. I mean, all the Born movie titles blur together for me. That's true. Uh, the fourth, fourth Born film, when Jeremy Rayner took over the reins, and then then the fifth film, when Matt Damon came back. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, pretty much. Ma or or other times, like when uh, Vin Diesel wasn't around for Triple X Two, and Triple X Two was a fucking bomb. Yeah, because it had uh, Ice Cube. He's basically right after Vin Diesel in terms of everything. <laughs> I want them to make like a, a fourth Friday film and just put Vin Diesel in it. Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> oh, that sounds great. So yeah, uh, what, how do you think? Do you think it's going to be a good transporter movie, Bill? Nope. 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 Not at all. I, I, like I said, I think. I feel like this film and the new Hitman film, they look like direct-to-DVD movies, especially the Hitman film. You've seen the trailer for that sucker? Yeah, well, the first one was direct-to-DVD. No, it wasn't. It wasn't? I went and saw it in a theater. Well, shit. That was a, that was a theatrical release film. Um, the newest one looks like direct-to-DVD because the, the CG effects are awful. Like, really, really bad. <laughs> They look like they. I mean, I know it's a video game property, but they look like they're from a video game. They don't. They have no 
appearance of trying to be legitimate really real. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I find that very uh, disappointing in a film that has that much money in it and it's getting a theatrical release. Right. In this day and age. So that's why, yeah, this film and that film, both Transporter and Hitman, they look like direct to DVD films that somehow got money to get like 2,000 screens. Mm hmm. Jesus Christ. <laughs> well, fuck. Uh, let's lighten the mood. Lighten the mood here. Lighten uh, it up. Just, Joseph Gordon-Levitt is heading up a Fraggle Rock movie. He is going to be uh, looking to produce and star in it, along with uh, uh, New Regency, The Henson Company, and Lisa Henson. Uh, apparently, he's a really big fan of Fraggle Rock. Apparently. I mean, hey, you know what? It's weird. I like Fraggle Rock, but this is still kind of weird news. You know, the movie that everyone's asking for. And by everyone, I mean Joseph Gordon-Levitt. Um, you know, Fraggle Rock has had... I mean, for a series that was an HBO series... And such, I mean, it has a very big like cult following, and I feel like it has. Oh, it still has fans. Know. Please don't misunderstand me. Yeah, I think I think I think it's really cool, and it obviously depends on where they go with it. Because well, Rock and they is st- and they still have that uh, current cartoon show about those little dudes. Oh, is that a current show? Yes. The little like minor dudes. Yeah. Oh, okay, I didn't know that. Yeah, that's still actually going. That's funny. I, I, I guess I, I should know because on the Amazon. Um, fire stick thing there's a uh, app for like a jim henson thing so you can just watch fraggle rock all this other stuff that's cool that's awesome might be that might be another app whatever but it's on there well, whatever so, that was uh, interesting. so um, but yeah good for him because like if i got to his level of fame and connections and uh i don't want to say fortune because it's not like he's super fucking rich he's just more well off than you or i he, and it's i i have to respect levitt because he could probably get like super big movies but he still goes for small things yes um, like he did uh, Don Don Juan last year, yeah. and other stuff like that. Uh, but yeah, so I gotta say, you know, I respect him because if I was at his level and I really wanted to see a movie made of one of my favorite film favorite uh, child franchises, I'd fucking do it. Fucking, Absolutely. fucking, let's make this Road and Warriors movie, guys. And after that, we're doing fucking Mighty Max. <laughs> you know, there's a lot, there's a lot of still like early '90s properties. I'm surprised some there hasn't been more word of some picking up the licensing rights for mm-hmm. Mighty Max is one of them. Mighty Max would be really easy to sell because it would be a family film because you'd have Max who connects to the kids, but you still have Virgil who's this huge fucking badass to keep the adults interested. Mm-hmm. They should get Virgil to play Virgil. <laughs> Perfect. That's a really depressing wrestling joke for you people. Uh, <laughs> go to any convention, Virgil will be there. Just type in the lonely Virgil uh, into Google. <laughs> Or if you're on some subway station in New York. And you might just see him hawking his autographs. Uh, He lives near Pittsburgh, and I see him at the local casino often gambling all of his autograph money away. Got that gimmick money. Time to blow that gimmick money on gimmicks. There was a uh, Labor Day event at the same casino where they had uh, local vendor booths for, like, local businesses and stuff. And he was there. Oh, so, but did he have his table like set up in front of a slot machine so he could hand him money? He could turn, he could swivel in his chair that, and then put it right in the machine. Uh that would be amazing. Unfortunately, the uh, the their tables were outside in the parking garage. In the parking garage. Yeah, that's the perfect place for an event like that. So, yeah, <laughs> yeah he had his championship belts all just hanging out, sitting by himself at a table in a parking garage. And he later, and then what few to... money, few dollars that he made immediately took to the crafts table that night. I'm sure he's he's gonna he's gonna hit it big any day now. Any day now. Hey, can I can I get credit on these belts? <laughs> no, no, you can't, Virgil. I, I got this money in the bank briefcase. I, he never he never won that. But, he never um, won money funny. in the bank. <laughs> uh, but yeah, like I said, uh, depends on what they go with it. Fraggle Rock is obviously a, um, 
very different property from like normal Muppets type stuff. Yeah, it's very so different. I hope, I hope they don't try to make it like the Muppets because I, I don't. I hope. I hope they don't do that. I don't think they will, especially if he is into that sort of thing. True, true. I, I just have those worries where someone will want to make something like something else to make it relatable to pe- more people on a wider base. Mm-hmm. And um, I know we haven't talked about it too much here. I didn't quite. I haven't quite cared for the. I, I didn't see the Muppet movie, the newest one that Jason Segel did. Um, but I didn't quite care for Muppets most most wanted. Oh, the Jason Segel Muppets movie was really, 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 really good. Um, I saw okay. it and it felt like a classic Muppets movie. Definitely one of the best ones. Uh, really solid. I you know I I got to see that in downtown Disney and then immediately get and then immediately go see the um, the Muppet attraction in California Adventure, which is the last thing that Jim ever worked on before he died. Cool. He made that uh, right before he passed away, um, and the same tone and theme was there. Like it felt like the same sort of thing. So the Muppet okay, movie, did, did, but Jason Segel was fantastic. So when they first announced that he wasn't writing the sequel, I was like, oh no. And I was right, because uh, Muppets Most Wanted was not that good. It was fun. It was a perfectly fine Muppet movie. Yeah. I, don't get me wrong, I just didn't quite care for it. No, agreed. Yeah, the it was song, fine. It wasn't really bad. But yeah, the songs yeah. weren't good, and the jokes uh, were give or take at times. Yeah. But the so. but the one before that, definitely see it, Bill. Okay, I'll get around to it. Rachel has it. I'm sure I'll see it one of these when I think about it. Um, in the last wrapping up our news here shortly, uh, Super Troopers 2 is on Indiegogo. Um, Never mind, it's already finished its money. Uh, you have 30 days left to keep giving them money. Uh, I think they should just give the rest of their money to me. <laughs> uh, for those who are wondering, uh, their goal was $2 million to produce the fi- to get money to produce the film because they tried every other um, avenue and had no luck. Uh, they reached, uh, in one day, $2,158,000. Not bad. In one day. Pretty good. So, I, I guess, man, I'm sure somebody is... I don't know. I, I could see it, I guess. Some producers probably still like, yeah, I don't want to do that. But I, I guess it goes to show there are still a lot of people who like Super Troopers and like stuff that Broken Lizard makes. Mm-hmm. Uh, so my favorite Broken Lizard film was the slasher one that they did. Oh, Cl- uh, Club Dread? Yeah, Club Dread was fantastic, and I feel that not a lot of people care about that one. I haven't seen that one in a while. Um, I've, it's one I've been meaning to rewatch because I haven't seen a bunch of them. I've seen them all at least once. I, I guess I haven't. No, I haven't seen. I never saw Slam and Salmon. Mm-hmm. But I heard that was pretty good. But, so yeah, I'm going to try to get on that so yeah go check that out if you want to help them out uh you can get like, uh, some cool stuff doesn't look, doesn't look too bad for their options it's not like i don't know you at least at least if you just do the ten dollar one just to help and things like that at least you know later you can just buy a regularly priced dvd if you don't want to do the more kind of more pricey dvd option on their indiegogo mm-hmm. they're still better than like people like tom savini who want to charge 50 fucking dollars for a dvd for their shitty fucking zombie movie yeah i don't think that ever got funded which is great yeah, good. Same for yeah. I, I don't know how. I don't know Spike Lee's shit. I hate. I, mean, I I will say that's what I said about Broken Lizard just now. These tried to get the money. I hate people who like Spike Lee and like all these other people who have a shitload of money yet or connections to, to people with shitloads of money. Exactly. They but no, they got to go to crowdfunding and stuff and then charge outrageous prices just to get a copy of the actual movie. Yeah. At least, what, at least, uh, also, like, at least when Rob Zombie uh, did his crowdfunding campaign, his DVD may have cost fifty dollars, but that included his autograph. And I know mm-hmm. that his autographs usually go for like thirty bucks anyway. That's cool. I think there's a bit better. That's a bit better too. I mean, if you're trying to trying to include something different. Yeah, exactly. And that was also who threw his own thing, not an Indiegogo, not a Kickstarter. So mm-hmm. at least he was 
trying to take on more personal responsibility that way. And also good, too, because um, Indiegogo and Kickstarter take percentages off the cut. Yes, 9%. Kickstarter is like 10%. Well, how much was it? It's uh, 9% uh, through Kickstarter, okay. and Indiegogo is like 12% if you don't reach your funding goal, and like uh, 6% if you do. Okay. I, 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 assumed it, I, knew, I assumed it was around 10 for both, so I guess I'm kind of close. Speaking of zombies, did you see the uh, trailer for Maggie? It just got oh, posted today. That's why I was going to bring that up. Yeah, I, I'd been really looking forward to seeing that movie because I'd heard about it a while back. Because mm-hmm. um, obviously it's been out, it's been made for a while, but just got picked up for distribution recently. Right. Um, yeah. Um, I love Arnold Schwarzenegger as an actor, and I, I think he's a lot, a lot of times overlooked just because he's in action films. I think this is the one film he'll probably actually get some critical some critical acclaim for yeah yeah similar to like i mean i know michael keaton's been good in a lot of things but similar like michael michael keaton and birdman getting a lot of critical acclaim mm-hmm. so I'm, I'm hoping i i mean i'm not gonna be like one of those guys like oh yeah oscar this oscar that because i haven't seen the movie yet but i don't know if there's ever an opportunity that arnold schwarzenegger might get it might get nominated at least nominated for some prestigious some actual awards not necessarily saying the oscars fuck the oscars i think i think this is might this might be his actual chance yeah because in just from the trailer, he he's looking good. He's looking real good. Looking real good. So yeah, uh, yeah. If you have people out there haven't seen the trailer for that yet, I do recommend it. It is a zombie film, but it looks like it's taking doing something very different. Very fucking different, which is fantastic. That's how you do a zombie film. So I'm, I, I, I mean, that's that's the you know, saving grace for me because everyone knows I am sick and tuck and fucking tired of zombies. So anything that tries to do something different, and this is doing something very different. Uh, I'm excited for that. Plus Schwarzenegger, so hey, everything everything's looking good so far. So I hope it. I hope the film turns out to be good. Which, from the film festivals and stuff it was shown at, it has received quite a lot of praise. I'm sure at so. the worst it won't be bad. Yes, as long as it's good, or okay, I'm okay. I'm okay with okay as long as, as long as it's good. Like, so far, uh, since uh, Schwarzenegger's come back, everything's been pretty solid, as far in my opinion. So right, ever since he left being the governor, so. Uh, we can keep our fingers crossed. And our uh, last bit of news: um, Marvel is apparently looking for a, a teenage Spider-Man who is fucking Peter Parker. Yeah, like we said, like we I, we said, and everyone else should have understood. Everyone with a brain a- understood. Uh, there was yeah. way too many people that legitimately thought it was going to be Miles Morales. I I'm you know good for you guys for hoping against all hope, but uh, Marvel did not make a deal with Sony to get their prize character back, only to not use their prize character. Yeah, no shit. Like, oh, we fought really hard, and we finally have, you know, Spider-Man back under the House of Marvel. Uh, let's not make it Peter. No, let's go Miles Morales. Or better yet, let's go Ben Riley. <laughs> I would be okay with Ben Riley. It'd be fucking ballsy as shit. That'd be great. I would like to see Ben Riley one day in a film. Or they go Spider-Gwen, because that's really popular right fucking now. Fucking Spider-Gwen. You know what annoys me about Spider-Gwen? She's an okay idea. But in the exact same event, there's this awesome character named the Lady Spider, who's like this 1930s fucking chick who builds a bunch of technology to become a spider. She has no powers. And mm-hmm. she's really cool, and her world is really cool, and everything about her is really cool. No one gives a fuck about her. It's all about Spider-Gwen. Yeah. I guess, yeah, because we're on Marvel and we're talking about female characters. Um, can we talk about Lady Thor real quick? Uh, sure. I, I read those bits from that. I read the stuff that's kind of, I don't know how much it's circulating. The writing from that book uh, is bad. The writing from really that bad. issue particularly was bad. The other issues are fine. They don't they don't delve into the territory of, hey guys, she's a lady. No. And a cool lady that can beat up dudes. No, at most they just get into, you know, who the fuck are you? Because it's still a mystery of who she is. Okay, thank you. Because that one <laughs> issue with Absorbing Man Titania was offensive. Yes, I agree completely. That was fucking terrible. 
it was insulting. It was it was insulting to women and men, and that character. Both characters, yeah. insulting the Titania and uh, Carl Carl Curry. Yep, absolutely. Uh, anybody who thinks that's good writing can go, can go shoot themselves in the foot. Haha! <laughs> I don't I don't I don't don't kill, don't kill yourself. Just shoot you in the foot. Maim yourself. Yeah, just maim yourself. Do that for me, will you, real quick? So yeah, a sixteen-year-old teenage Spider-Man. Um, I have to say that's neat, but also really strange. Yes. Because then you're gonna have this super young Spider-Man against Robert Downey Jr., who is very old. Okay. I'm not not saying very, not saying very old, but in comparison. In comparison, yeah. Because Robert Downey's like forty-five. Uh, I thought he was almost fifty. Okay, well, late either way, mid to late fifties. Regardless, mid, uh, mid to late forties. Sorry, and same with Chris Evans being in his thirties. Everyone seems very old. It's a very much, it's an ultimate version of the Marvel Universe, where everyone is older, and Peter's super in high school. Uh, Although Mm -hmm. Tony was also super young at the time, too, in the Ultimate Universe, so I don't fucking know. Yeah, I don't know either, but I don't know, I guess it's neat they're going that route. It's neat, they they want him to be in high school, and that's cool. I was fine with Amazing Spider-Man 2 taking him to college, because at least we finally got, like, the one full high school movie, whereas Rami kicked him out of high school before the hour mark. Yeah. Um... But I guess Marvel really wants him in high school for some reason because they fucking don't want Peter to ever evolve as a character. That's nope. why they unmarried him. Yeah, because uh, kids can't relate to married people. But you know who can? The people who started reading Spider-Man as a kid and are now adults and married. Nope, nope. fuck them. Nope, I'm Joe Quesada. I got fooled into keeping Spider-Girl around because someone wrote me a letter. <laughs> Pretty much. Um... So yeah, uh, it's an interesting, cool choice. I'm interested to see what they do. I'm, I am disappointed by it for multiple reasons. You know, it's not Andrew Garfield anymore. I've voiced my issue with that from the get-go. Uh, it's yeah. not the Amazing Spider-Man universe at all. It's not, like, if Amazing Spider-Man was just getting folded into the Marvel continuity, I would have zero issues with any of this. But the fact that they didn't give that an ending and they're immediately rebooting it again just so that he can be part of Marvel does not sit right with me. And the fact that they're looking for a 16-year-old means I can't be Spider-Man. So, I can't wait to see who they cast as Uncle Ben. Oh, fucking Jesus Christ, you're right. I'm going to go for that role. You people, you, you think I'm joking. It's going to happen. I'm calling that. And I, you know what? If I'm wrong, great. I, that's, good. that's good that I'm wrong. <laughs> if but you're I, wrong, it's a good thing. I have no faith that the, that the 2017 Spider-Man movie is not going to be another origin movie. Yep. Um, but I will say... Uh, yay for casting teenagers to play teenagers. Yes, absolutely. Uh, as much as I love the 80s mentality of getting someone in their 30s to play a teenager, a la Grease. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Grease. Um, anyways, uh, yeah, so I'm down for that. And, uh, so we'll have to, I'm sure in the next coming weeks they'll announce their casting because they have to start making the fucking movie if they want to get it out in 2017. So, and apparently uh, the third Captain America film is starting recording soon. Uh, the Russo brothers got uh, put on the Infinity War movies, which I didn't think uh, Winter Soldier is that, that well directed. So I, I don't, don't think so much, either. I don't know how well that's going to bode for Infinity War. Um, then again, I don't even know how Age of Ultron is going to be. Everyone keeps talking to Joss Whedon. He's like, huh, huh, you're going you're gonna to see some more Avengers in the movie. And there's the rumor that Captain Marvel is going to make her appearance in the movie. I'm like, oh, you're just really cramming all these fucking things. And you haven't even announced who the fucking actress is playing, uh, playing her. Unless that's a, unless you kept it a secret, which is incredibly impressive. Yeah, <laughs> yeah pretty much. So that's a whole lot of stuff coming on in a couple months that we'll, we'll be interested to see what happens there. Uh, we're just a uh, we're just a bunch of DC fanboys. Yeah. 
That's that's all we are because we just don't like this style of Marvel filmmaking. Nope. Uh, bring me bring me back some R-rated Marvel movies. Give me I need a new Blade movie. I need another Punisher movie. Mm-hmm. Can we get on that, please? Yeah, seriously. So, I think I think the better question is Steve. Is that uh, I, that's not a question? Shit. Um, let's do the time warp. <laughs> ah! In case you couldn't tell from the episode title, we are talking about the. Richard O'Brien films. Film Rocky franchise. It's a fran- it is a franchise. It's two films. It's just two films, but there are lots of... I mean, let's face it, Rocky Horror Picture Show is a cult phenomenon. It has been since it came out in 1975. And it had not so much the second film, but we will get to that. But I guess let's just jump right into it. Feet first. Uh, let's read the fantastic <laughs> summary from IMDb. I love them. Um a newly engaged couple have a breakdown in an isolated area and must pay a call to the bizarre residence of Dr. Frank Inferter. That tells you so much about the film. That's all you need to know, right there. And I love it. Uh, let's do more a little in depth than that. Um, Susan Sarandon and Barry Bostwick play Brad and Janet, who are to be married after the opening song. And uh, while wow, they're on the way to meet Dr. Scott, who they took a class with uh happened upon their car breaks down they happen upon a large mansion they meet some aliens and many people's sexuality is questioned or, or the audience has some major sexual awakenings yes and there's lots of song uh, and dance there's lots of song lots of song and dance steve uh you're i guess uh, I, I mean i mean i guess just say this real quick people have covered rocky horror to death we're not going to necessarily bring any new light on it just our opinions yeah we're just going to talk about our um, opinions briefly we're gonna i think we're going to talk more about shock treatment than rocky horror for sure um you want to there's some great sources out there the projection booth podcast i think uh did they did a couple on rocky horror i think the most recent one was six hours a six hour podcast on rocky horror uh so if you want to find out some info you can go check that stuff out before we're just going to talk about the film and our opinions on it so don't come expecting any major revelations or as we unlock al capone's glove compartment exactly so so steve uh, i guess your first exposure to the film and i guess we can just jump on to what's your general thoughts i mean my first exposure i saw it on tv at some point when i was like a kid i forget if it was like fx or VH1. vh1 whatever it was you know i probably i was like 13 or 12 even at the time if not younger and I watched it. Oh. <laughs> yeah, I mean, uh, I watched it. Uh, a lot of the sex stuff, uh, I missed it. Not in the sense that I was an innocent little boy. I was a little fucking pervert. Just I wasn't smart <laughs> enough to catch everything. Um, and I didn't notice a lot of stuff later. But at the time, you know, I thought it was a fun movie. I, that's really all I knew about it. I didn't know it was a huge phenomenon until later in life. Uh, mm. And then, you know, with the internet and stuff and consistently hearing about people doing shadow cast, which is just people acting out the movie in front of the movie. Um, with an audience participation. With an audience participation. Um, and I've seen a couple of those. And, you know, they're okay. Uh, I just find myself preferring to just watch the movie on the screen than the cast in front of the screen. Um, and that happened to me whenever I, like, Repo the Genetic Opera has tried to capture the same magic the Rocky Horror has with minimal success. <laughs> uh, that's, like, all oh, they fucking yeah. tried really hard. Uh, and I like yeah. Repo, but not what they were trying to do with it. It was just like, come on, guys, stop. <laughs> yeah, I, I guess someday we can do a, a repo episode. But yeah, yeah. My, my my journal just is yeah, I don't like that movie fucking at all. That's fine. Um, I like the movie. But, I just don't like how they've continuously tried to market and promote it. Um, yeah, come on, guys, we want to make a cult classic. Yeah, exactly. Um, when you want to make a cult classic, doesn't really. But work. the movie's very bright. It's honestly one of the best Blu-rays you can get, honestly, because it's so brightly colored and lit and well shot. The movie looks mm-hmm. fantastic. Uh, Tim Curry is amazing in it, and I mean that's just a testament to Tim fucking Curry. 
I mean, he is my favorite part of any movie that he has been in. Hmm. I don't know. Congo has Ernie Hudson. Ooh, and Bruce Campbell. And Bruce Campbell. And even... Uh, quick Congo talk. <laughs> uh, Fuck yeah! This movie, this episode is about Congo now. That, that movie's worth. Congo is worth watching for Tim Curry's accent, er, Ernie Hudson, and Dead Bruce Campbell. Yes, go see Congo right now. Boom! End, end of Congo talk. Back to Rocky. Um, it's a fun film. Uh, I like a lot of the music in it. You know, I'm a fan of musicals in general. Uh, so a lot of the music's fun. I really enjoy uh, Meatloaf being Eddie. That's a fun just moment. And it's really weird. It's a weird film, but I enjoy it. Cool. Uh, Rocky Horror for me, I, um, you know, I will just say this. I don't remember a point in my life where I hadn't seen Rocky Horror. Mm -hmm. I think I saw it when I was five or six. Okay. Um, I think I just, my mom just was watching it. And I watched it. Perfect. And I liked it, even then. But then again, as everyone knows, I have the weirdest upbringing when it comes to watching movies. Mm. Having a lot of, uh unattended access to HBO Cinemax and the great um, Pekin Video Library in my hometown, which is a huge, fucking ginormous mom-and-pop video store at the time. So I had access to a lot of things. Um, but yeah, yeah, like I said, don't remember a point in my life where I hadn't seen Rocky Horror. Mm -hmm. So I had pretty much grown up with the film, grown up with the songs, grown up with everything. So I, I certainly love the film. Uh, I will admit that the... I know, I, I'll try not to diverge into things, but I, I, will, I will say I like the first half more than the second half. Yeah, I'd say that's after, totally fair. After, after Eddie dies, I feel like the film loses a lot for me. But before that, everything's great. Um, I, uh, Susan Sarandon is very attractive uh, in this film, although I feel like uh, that is Susan Sarandon's least attractive. I feel like she has just grown more attractive as age has gone on. I completely agreed. I think everyone always will agree with that. If you see Susan Sarandon now, uh, she is a very fine-looking lady. Very fine-looking lady, that Susan Sarandon. Um, say, and then, uh, of course, uh, can't say enough praise for Tim Curry. I think yes. Will say that. But I, I actually will say a lot of things for Patricia Quinn and Richard O'Brien as um, 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 Riff Raff and uh, um, Magenta. I don't know why I'm blanking on that. Uh, I think I really enjoy them. They're really funny to me. Yeah, I, I, uh, I think uh, Magenta might be my favorite character in the film. But that's because I find that actress extremely attractive for some reason. Patricia uh, seventy, you know, back in back in her prime, Patricia Quinn was very attractive. I haven't seen. I will apologize for Patricia Quinn now. I've not seen a photo of her now. Maybe she's a very attractive lady now. I haven't seen a recent photo of her subjective. either. I know her best, you know, for Rocky Horror and now for Shock Treatment, and also as the naked lady in um, Meaning of Life. Oh, <laughs> I haven't seen Meaning of Life in a while. I'll have to go back and rewatch that. <laughs> never, never realized that. No, I re actually, I will say, I think. Um, Richard O'Brien, really, as Riff Raff, is pretty fantastic. Oh, yeah, he's great. All of his mannerisms, all the little things he does. Are he's a great actor, crazy. period. And you can tell. I think I think uh, our favorite, me and Rachel's favorite bit is when um, he's torturing Rocky with the candles. And as Rocky's climbing down the elevator shaft, he picks a, picks a candle off the candlestick and throws it at him. Yes. <laughs> I don't know what about that. That's always really funny. Or the part where he pours the uh, champagne in the glass and then drops the bottle. For no reason. It's really funny. He's a good, he's a good, good actor, good character. A lot of stuff. For sure. And I'm curious how much of that was the actor, how much of that was the directing. Well, I'm willing I mean, to say it's the actor. A lot of it, the screenplay and everything was done between Jim Sharman and Richard O'Brien, so they both worked pretty heavily. I mean, to say the film was directed by Jim, Jim Sharman, who also worked on the stage production of it, of it in the UK and everything. So, I mean, Richard O'Brien and both him both have a lot of hands in the pot on this film, so I'm sure it was... Just as much him as Jim Sharman. Um, again, 
I'm sure you can find out more. I might be wrong, mm-hmm. but that's my understanding of it. Um, I guess. Uh, what I guess is we're going to the, still in the positive territory. Uh, what are what are some of your favorite songs? Like, if you had to pick like your top three, what would be your three favorite songs? You think top three? Um, Eddie song, uh, number one. Hapatuti is yeah. yeah, that's a good one. Uh, probably Sweet Transvestite. And again, that's mm-hmm. mainly fucking Tim Curry. Uh, and uh, uh, Dama Janet. So yeah, the very, very, very front half of the movie. F- yep, that's the whole front half of the movie. <laughs> <laughs> um, I think, uh, man, I think, I think I'd go Hapatuti be my favorite. I love it. I, I think I love, I love meatloaf. So yeah, I love <laughs> that's meatloaf. Be a given. Yeah, probably Hapatuti. I really like There's a Light. That, that yeah. I really like that one. That's probably one of the better. That's definitely probably one of the better like musicalities of the. Um, oh, I guess so. The musicality of that song is probably the best of this of the film. Probably. In a lot of ways, and uh, yeah, damn it, Janet's really good. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, I think I, I think we're still very front hat front heavy. Um, I guess we can move into the middling slash negative territory. It's not so much that I don't like the songs of the second half. I just feel like they don't. They aren't as strong. They aren't, they aren't as strong. I really like I'm Going Home at the end. Yeah, I like I go, I'm Going Home, but I wouldn't put it in the top three. But I feel like the song on its own isn't as good as the entire scene and Tim Curry's acting. Yes. Like, it's really heavy. If that wasn't and, Tim Curry, it wouldn't be. Yeah, and I feel like that's why, I, I guess, what it comes down to. I feel like the second half of the film, all the songs can't stand on their own as songs. Mm-hmm. They are very, very dependent on the film in, in a lot of ways. Or rather, I feel like the film is bending over backwards trying to get those songs to work for it. Yeah. I could see that. I th- hope that makes sense there. Um, so I guess that, and I guess we're going to move into negative territory. Like, I guess just the second half of the film, just, ugh, I don't know. I don't know. It just starts I to fluster. Like, I mean, uh, yeah, putter out. And it's just like all of a sudden, like, I guess, I, mean, I, I don't know. I don't know how to really put in a word. I just feel gets, like after Eddie dies. It gets weirder in an already really weird movie. Yeah. And it was a really good weird in the first half, but by the second half, it's just going further and further down this rabbit hole. And most people mm-hmm. dig that. I mean, we are we are in the minority. Most people think all of Rocky Horror is fantastic, and that's fine. But I'm I'm with you. I do think that the second half of the film kind of putters out compared to the first half. I mean, I love watching it, and I have fun, and I stuff like that. But just a lot of things like Wild and Untamed Thing, like the whole floor show section, I just get kind of like, eh. Mm-hmm. I mean, uh, Planet Shamit Janet, I think is the name of the song. I like that whole segment where um, Brad and, and Dr. Scott are having to chase frankenfurter who's chasing after janet and all this other stuff yeah. like that stuff's fine um so there's some funny bits i just feel like the film gets i think the film loses the comedy really quickly yeah yeah off. i think that's a good that's a good statement uh, yeah so it, it becomes less fun and more just like i don't know dreary dark which is fine if that's the intent it just doesn't gel well with me so much mm-hmm. and um I will say the thing that really upsets me about the soundtrack is the Sword of Damocles is not on the soundtrack. Interesting. And that's another, that's another one of my like I said like I said the front half of the song all the songs in the first half of the movie are great and that's one of my, that's another one of my favorites when Rocky first wakes up and everything. Yeah. And that's that's not on the soundtrack. So every time I listen to the soundtrack on Spotify, I get upset that I can't hear that song. That sucks because it was on the original soundtrack. Yeah, I don't. But it isn't on. Yeah. That's weird. So I still can't figure that out. The one on Spotify doesn't have it. it has everything else. Fuck you, Spotify. <laughs> Yeah, fuck you, asshole. Piece of dog shit. Piece of dog shit. Um, so yeah, I guess I've been saying a lot. Of stuff. Star you, rating. You have any? Oh, okay. I was gonna say if you had any, you had any particular negatives I haven't quite covered yet. Or oh no, no, really. I feel that we went over everything. 
Okay, star rating. Um, <sighs> I guess it's going to be... I don't know. Like I said, I've grown up with the movie. I have a lot of feelings for it. But if... Um, I don't know. Three and a half, four stars, if I was going to like be really critical about what I think about the movie, not so much what I think about the whole experience and everything growing mm-hmm. up with it and everything. Yeah, I mean, I, I'd give it a... I'd say three and a half is fair. Yeah, that's why. That's why I really feel three like to three and a half to, you know. more for me. I'd say. Okay. Yeah. That's that's completely fair. I think. Um, I think. My, uh, that's out of a possible this. three and a half stars. <laughs> I'm, no, <laughs> out of five. Out of five. Uh, I wanted to read this real quick. Um, this little bit from Roger Ebert. Um, Roger Ebert noted that when released, the Rocky Horror Picture Show was ignored by pretty much everyone, including the future fanatics who would eventually count the hundreds of times they'd seen it. <laughs> he considered it more a long-running social phenomenon than a movie. I think that is perfect. Yep. I feel like, which is interesting as we move on to our discussion of the other film, I feel like even the Rocky Horror fan base has grown tired of the film and are trying to move on to do something different. Mm-hmm. Because, um, I, and I, I'm trying to word this. Um, there's only, I guess for 40 years, you can only do so much with one movie. Yeah, pretty much. There's only so, there's only like so much you can be fanatical about something, which I'm sure there are plenty of people who will be diehards till the day they die. That's fine for them. I, th- I agree the film is very groundbreaking in a way on how it represents it represents sexuality and all these other th- things that you weren't really going to see in films in the 1970s. Absolutely agree, yeah. Like a major release film. This film was distributed by Fox. Yes. And all this other stuff. So I get it, and I get that it's cultural importance, and it's and it's, it's uh, center as probably the biggest cult, cult film I mean, I mean, can you think I'll type here any any other uh, film that's a cult film that's as big as Rocky Horror? I mean, not as big. Like, I mean, even if you like go to like Evil Dead Two or anything that has had continuous screenings and a huge call following, I mean, it may have it may rival like say merchandise of Rocky Horror, but it's not getting a fucking screening every single month in cinemas worldwide to this day. Yeah, now every every year at Halloween, there's my city, all any city that has a theater. Like a theater group or theater anything, they have screenings of Rocky Horror, and sometimes like all of October, every Saturday. In Pittsburgh, it's every month. Seriously, there's a Rocky Horror group, and they put it on every single month. That's cool because I, I know I'm sure there's one in Chicago. It's a good one too. It. It's better than the one that I saw when I was in LA. Um, That's cool. Uh, it's probably uh, not as good as others or what have you, and I'm not a big fan of Shadowcast in general, so maybe I'm bad at judging what's a good one. <laughs> mm-hmm. I'm not a big fan of these. I, I'm thankful that our local theater. Uh, actual theater theater group that does it they don't do a shadow cast they just do a, sh- a screening and then do the uh, the audience participation stuff oh that's that's totally fine i think that's yeah, a f- I mean, they'll have people they'll have people you know dance and do you know people do what they want but the general thing is they don't have necessarily a group of shadow cast actors on stage acting out the movie it's mostly centered around audience participation right which i i love because that, that's what i'm all that's what i'm there for mm-hmm. so i'm down for that so yeah that, that is rocky horror picture show the film with a 1.4 million dollars uh, budget to this day has made about 140. They, they did okay. Not not necessarily all on the early end, but on the back end, a lot, a lot of money. So, because of the film's gradual turn into a cult film, um, Fox eventually went to make uh, a sequel. Yes. Uh, which eventually became Shock Treatment, but there were some uh, others along the way. One, I. I forget the exact name but i think it's uh frank frankenfurter's red shoes i forget the okay well i forgot the title so i apologize on that but there the original uh sequel was going to be basically frankenfurter comes back to life as a like undead vampire yes who has to suck blood of men to uh survive and they didn't go that quite and well, janet they, is pregnant with his child 
Yes, and there's the debate uh, if she's pregnant with either Frankenfurter or Brad's child and all this other stuff. And um, Richard O'Brien wrote the songs for that film Mm -hmm. that never got made and said they... um, And I I guess another way, they also wanted to... uh, I guess we're dumping right into shock treatment right now, leading up into how it came about. Um, They wanted to actually film in Denton. Denton, Texas. uh, Because of a... uh, In Denton, Texas, which is a real town. uh, But because of Screen Actors Guild strike, they couldn't do that, so they had to film it all on a soundstage in, in, in Britain. And, uh, that, and so because of that, they had to change the script. They didn't change the songs. Uh, so it's very interesting how this film is, I guess, more musical because it, the songs don't necessarily depend on the script. Yeah. If that makes sense? Like, they just basically change the script, but have the, the songs still make complete sense inside of yes, it. Yes, they do. Like, because all those songs are still the same, which, uh, as, I guess, jumping ahead, the song Looking for Trade, it was originally supposed to be about a song about Frankenfurter trying to find men. Mm-hmm. So that's a fun fact, but yeah. So I guess we'll just jump into shock treatment. Shock treatments. Uh, the synopsis on IMDb <laughs> is my favorite favorite one yet. <laughs> Janet and Brad become contestants on a game show, but wind up as captives instead. <laughs> Woo. Okay. There you go. Who's Janet? Who's Brad? Yeah, I know. Uh, this time around, because of uh, either uh, other obligations or, or they just couldn't afford Susan Sarandon, uh, they have some replacements and cast. Uh, uh, Brad Majors is played by Cliff DeYoung, who uh, was originally going to play Brad in the Rocky in the Rocky Horror Picture Show, but they went for um, Barry Bostwick because Cliff DeYoung was busy at the time. Um, and then uh, Janet Majors is played by Jessica Harper, who many might know from Fan of the Paradise or Suspiria. Mm-hmm and other things i like her quite a bit she's very 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 pretty in this film um and other people were reprise uh come back as well not necessarily playing the same roles which some they attribute to why the film didn't do too well but we'll get to that later uh richard o'brien plays dr cosmo mckinley and uh, patricia quinn plays his wife dr nation mckinley um charles gray returns uh little nell returns a whole bunch of people yeah returning cast and it's fantastic um i guess the I know for some people, I've watched the film several times, so the general story is um, DTV, Denton TV, is like this major television network that's centered in Denton, and like the entire town comes out to watch it, and it's sponsored by Farley Flavors, who is like this big corporate fast food, fast food chain. Food yeah. chain. And through the film, uh, Brad and Janet, I guess by the IMDb description, become captives in a way, but mostly Farley Flavors wants Janet to be the spokesperson for his new television show, which he hopes to take over the world with, through television ratings and stuff like that, uh, which by the end of the film, spoiler spoiler alert now, which, again, like we always say, if you're listening to this, you, ha- you know, I hope you've seen the film, uh, he succeeds in doing even without Janet's help, and he, uh, in the end, turns out to be Brad's uh, twin, yes. who wants to kill him as well. So that <clears throat> is how this whole story unfolds. Uh, let's just get into our general um, thoughts, Steve. Uh, what do you what do you what do you what do you think about Shock Treatment? Well, first, I think that the setup for the film is far weirder than even Rocky Horror. Like, I could buy aliens in a castle in the middle of nowhere easier than the idea that this entire town is a TV show, TV studio thing. And again, that had to do with uh, mainly with the fact that they had to shoot on a whole soundstage, so they made the script work for that. But it's just stuff that's weird. I don't understand how that society yeah. works. I don't know where they eat or. I don't think it's so much that. I think it's just like a lot of town. Ta- I don't. I don't know if the. It's not necessarily like the entire town is inside the studio. It's like, I uh, think the film is really interesting. It's prof- prophetic way of um, people's dependency on reality television, yes. which wasn't even that big of a thing in eighty one. Nope. But yeah. I guess they were looking forward to people's addiction to reality based. Things. Yeah, and they were right. Um, so it's not necessarily the entire town, but this huge audience that makes up a lot of the town show up for these tapings, and it's like, 
like even the Happy Home show is just a family inside a home, and people are just watching it unfold. Yeah, yeah. And I don't know. It's weird. Uh, and, and there's like slight weird points. Like in the beginning of the film, they open the studio doors to let the audience in, but then in a the later scene, the audience are just all sleeping inside the studio anyway, like they don't leave. Nope, they don't. They don't leave this one night. They stay yeah, here. it's just I don't know. It's just a lot of weird stuff. I think I think I think that bit's is funny. It is funny. Yeah. <laughs> Um, but uh, I mean, aside from that, I thought I, this was my first time seeing shock treatment. I saw it for the first time this week. I didn't know what to expect. All I knew is that it was a musical and it featured the Janet and Brad from Rocky horror again. And I really fucking loved it. I thought it was fantastic. I thought the movie was interesting from the start to the finish. Um, Clifty young was great as Brad, although I personally prefer Barry Boswick. Uh, Jessica Harbour, however, was way better at being Janet. Um, she knocked it out of the park I think I liked the music more in this. I certainly uh, There's not any uh, dull points. It's consistent. And I really... Uh, I, I mean, I dig uh, O'Brien and Quinn as the two doctors. I mean, they're fantastic, but that's a given. And I really, really enjoyed... Uh, uh, oh, who's the... Uh, who is the... Bert, yeah. Bert Schnick. Yeah, Bert Schnick. Played by Barry Humphreys. Barry Humphreys uh, was amazing as Bert Schnick. Holy shit. <laughs> yes. Absolutely. Uh, I don't want to say anything sacrilegious like I prefer Birchnick to Frankenfurter. However, I prefer Birchnick to Frankenfurter. Um, I don't think it's sacrilegious. That's just your opinion. And I, I know there's actually a lot of people who are you know, kind of turning over to have an opinion. Obviously, I, like, I, like I mentioned before, I grew up in Rocky Horror. I had actually owned Shock Treatment for a long time because I bought it on DVD years ago. I just had never gotten around to watching it until maybe... Last, I guess maybe about last year, two years ago, I was like, oh, you know, I should, I should watch this. An online review reviewed it. I'm like, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I have that movie. I still have never seen it. I watched it. Now, man, I, I've all the time. I'm on like when me and Rachel go on road trips. We listen to the soundtrack, uh, everything. Like I am all into shock treatment. I don't know. I don't know if it's just I needed something to help take the take over Rocky Horror because it's been so long of me seeing Rocky Horror all the yeah. time. I don't know if it needed something to click in there. Like I kind of mentioned, the fandom has been going through in the recent years. But man. Shock treatment through and through has everything going it, for it. It does. It's fun. It's it's not as amazingly like uniquely shot as Rocky. So I'll, I think it's. I don't. I am. It's uniquely shot, I but I just mean like uh, the color choices and stuff in Rocky is so bright and unique. Uh, Shock looks like more like a regular the, film, but it's shot in a very unique way. I don't know because there are a lot of times where they there's a lot of color play. Like there a is of the, a lot of red, a lot of blue. There's, like it's still very. Yeah, there's time. I guess it just seems less. That's all. Maybe because it also could also depend on the restrictions of the location since they're on all in one sound studio. Could have been, yeah. Because everything's still the same. Jim Sharman's still directing it. Mm-hmm. Everything, you know, it's still, you know. I mean, still, still great uh, movie. Just comparing, yeah, for yeah. sure. Um, for sure. And uh, Clifty Young as Farley Flavors is fucking fantastic. And I love, so and good. I love the editing of, and just imagining them having the camera in front of Clifty Young for hours, telling him to do these random reactions. So they can cut it into the film later, and it works perfectly. Yeah. Um. I guess. Uh. Yeah. Birchnick is my like like shining point of this film. He's so funny. Yes. Like all like all the times he has a smile and mug for the camera. As soon as the camera's off, immediately him, he stops. Immediately like shuts down, turns into a frown. Everything. Yes. My favorite. Um. I guess if we could go into I guess some of the song stuff. Uh. When they do the um lullaby song like er, the camera's panning left and right showing everyone in their own little room sleeping <laughs> he's just sitting there staring out the window doing nothing both times 
pan over once, coming back, he's still sitting there. In the morning, he's still standing up. I mean, everything is so funny. Yes. Um, I guess off your uh, first impressions, what were some of your favorite songs? Uh, top three songs, I'm going to go with... Uh, um, top three songs, I'm going to go with... Uh, I'll give them Shock Treatment at number three. Uh, oh, okay. Uh, Shock Treatment at number three. Little Black Dress at number two. Very good. And uh, Looking for Trade is my favorite. Oh, that's a, that's really cool. Uh Actually, um, side point, for Little Black Dress, I'm always really surprised some clothing company hasn't tried to license that song. Because mm-hmm. I feel like the whole tagline for Little Black Dress, I feel like everything about that sounds like such a marketable thing like like some clothing company could use but never has. I agree. That's so interesting. Um, my favorites, uh, I love the soundtrack. Um, I think Shock Treatment is probably my top one. I love Shock mm-hmm. Treatment. That song's so good. Um Bitchin' in the Kitchen is probably number two. Just for, uh, I know Rachel loses her mind every time um, at the whole, like they're like they're going through and naming like trying to trying to ask these common household appliances for assistance in their marriage life. And I love when Cliff Young just goes, uh, "Trash can, like trash can pop." Like he's he's like it's clear these characters are having such a hard time trying to do something with the random shit that keeps <laughs> to think up of something them. for trash can. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, um, so yeah, let's see. Shock Treatment, Bitch in the Kitchen, and then. Uh, probably Farley's song. That's I a good really one, too. One. I love I love the line, one. you're not looking at a king, you're looking at an ace. Yeah, That's... and I love how the entire song is this him. I like the shots on it, it's just off of a television screen, and everyone else is like dancing around him, like doing the choruses off that, but like, he's always on the television screen. Yes. You never see him like dancing, doing something else, like on, on his own shots and stuff it's just on that television yep screen. just staring waiting for his cue <laughs> <laughs> like he pre-recorded this and this has to be perfectly timed oh yeah um <laughs> but yeah that that song's really good like i can just man like, like i said the entire soundtrack is solid all the songs you can just go with and say you're you're so um much better i think than all of the rocky horror songs i feel like because um, obviously clearly rocky horror is a very big throwback to the 50s and nostalgia and that whole like uh science uh, like the title song the science fiction yes picture so like that whole like b-movie style and i feel like it's trying really hard to be a very 50s sounding movie yes. and so it kind of it holds itself to it too much this film i feel like it's all over the place yes and it, in it, a good it way the songs be yeah and in, in a good way lets the songs be their own breathe on their own and just have great tunes. I mean, I I know I'm gl- gushing probably well, a ton of this movie, but that's just the truth. I just can't get over. It. I can't get over it. So, do good. you have any uh, favorite bits? <laughs> favorite bits. Uh, let's see the Birch Nick stuff. Um, I really like. <laughs> I really like the whole scene with uh, Janet's parents. Mm-hmm. And I like how, like as the film goes on, like they don't they care less and less about her, and just more and more about being on television and being famous. Yes. Like at the end, when she, um, Janet's mother's crying, and she's like. Leaving. she let us down not gonna be the, she let us down he's like quiet <laughs> like, the father just doesn't give a shit he's like no we're on this we got this yeah I enjoy I mean I, well I don't want to interrupt you you keep going no no I was no. just going to say uh, that I feel that the in. characters feel more three dimensional in Shock Treatment than in Rocky uh, there's just a lot of periods where the characters are actually just seem more like people that are reacting to things because you know like Janet's parents start off as Janet's parents and then as Brad's in the mental institution Janet's parents are actually aren't automatically on board they are also outright saying this is pretty fucked up guys uh he's a human being what's happening and then with the lure of television and fame do they again shift 
Oh um, yeah, was, and that reminds me of uh, I guess we're, we're all over the place, but that uh, reminds me of my favorite lines when um, Janet walks back in after doing one doing her like debut song. Janet's mom is like, "Oh no, Janet's father's like you're practically naked." And he's like, "Well, yeah, it can't have where it can't be having things. You know, she can't have underwear underneath the dress like breaking up the line." Yeah. <laughs> I thought that line. It's so great. Um, and then, like the doctors as well. Like uh, when uh, they first find out that they're owned by a fast food joint now, um, O'Brien, his char- his character. I always forget the doctor names because they both have the same last names. Doctor Doctor Cosmo. Cosmo. That's right. Because Nation is. Uh, yeah. yeah um, uh, when Cosmo first hears about it, he's not like he's not on board with this evil plan. His immediate reaction is, "Oh, great! Everything's going to be completely fucking ruined now, and he's going to ruin these all these shows, and all of our food is going to be fucking fast food bullshit." Great. Yeah. And I like that. You know, I like those moments. Mm-hmm. But then they're very quickly like, "Oh, so we're going to be our, be our like they like obviously like the the lure of television, lure of fame, yes. like quickly you know corrupt everybody." That's the theme of the movie, and I think that works extremely well. It does, and I, like I said, it's very prophetic. Like this whole addiction to reality television, everything, and this, and especially especially in '81. I mean, there's been uh, films like Network. That's a, I guess that's a huge example of that type of stuff. But um, like with this, it's you know, it's another great example, and I guess I'm rather um, underrated example of that mm-hmm. for sure. And I, I, I guess we can try to say negatives. Um, I guess I feel I. My guess won't come on negatives. Uh, I feel like Cliff, De Lo- Cliff DeYoung doesn't have a whole lot of time as Brad no. to do much stuff. He's very, far- it's very Farley flavors heavy yes. in that regard. And we do get some good bits of Brad, and that's it's all fine. I guess the, the movie is. Um, I feel like the f- Rocky Horrors very Brad and Janet. This film is really Janet, and yes. how this person who clearly is very like, especially if you're off the character from the first film. I guess, and I, it's debatable how much carries over from the first film uh, in terms of the character developments and stuff. But if um, like if you take her of like this character who's super innocent, super pure, she doesn't want does want wants to do really well and try to fix her marriage and stuff, and then turns into super like self obsessed, corrupted character. So I guess in that regards, like the negative makes sense for the story because it's not really a Brad mm-hmm. story; it's Janet's story. Right. Agreed. And I guess you, it's, your, it's your first time seeing it. Were there any outright like things that you thought were you could say ne- like that were a negative for you on the film? Uh Again, just kind of like the confusion of how this world works or what exactly is this town, where is this town. Okay. Um, I mean, that was annoying. Um, now, funny enough, my first girlfriend actually lived in Denton, so I spent a lot of time in Denton, USA, for real. So when oh, I saw that it took place in Denton, I was just like, oh, hey, um, everyone's fucked up. That seems right. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> very true. Uh, um, but that was really it, just that. Everything else was really cool. And, you know, I like the cool. fact that the judge, you know, is the first one to be like, yeah, I think it's weird how we're always forced to sing every day in this town about how we, much we love this town and TV, and then immediately starts getting written out of the show. Yeah, him and... Him and actually, that's really I really like that um, there's a callback to uh, um, Betty Monroe, because like, that's, that's the people who are getting married at the beginning of, the, of uh, Rocky Horror. Yes. And um, Ralph Hapshat, who I'm trying to find the actress actor's name right now. The same actor is also the same actor who played Ralph in Rocky Horror. Oh, that's cool! I didn't know that. So, but, yeah, when I was rewatching Rocky Horror because I hadn't seen it in a couple years um, compared to seeing Shock Treatment very recently, I noticed that and laughed. And so yeah, so yeah, the, 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 the Betty and Ralph who get are clearly divorced in this film are the ones who were getting married at the beginning of Rocky mm-hmm. Horror. So that's yeah, but her show, the Denton Dorsier, being canceled, and then them trying to figure out what's going on. Yeah. <laughs> 
undoing the conspiracy. And also, I, I enjoyed and out. I enjoyed her uh, picking the lock just to set up her picking them out of the closet later in the film. Yeah, and then her uh, also uh, using a using a hair pin, a bobby pin to also um, uh, pick start the car. Yes, because they don't get the keys. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I, that's such a funny little bit too. So yeah, um, I I'm glad I could uh, I guess I I'm glad I could expose you to shock treatment. Yeah, it was great. Uh, I guess if we want to get in the gritty the nitty gritty, uh, what what star rating would you Four. give it? Four. Very cool. Uh, obviously, I'm a huge mark for this movie. Uh, I, I rate my films also out of some, a lot of times out of pure enjoyment. I flip flop all the time on how I rate a film. I would give it five out of five. That's okay. Sounds good. Yeah, that, that's just where I am on the film. Some people might watch it and go, "This movie fucking sucks, Bill. You're full of shit." And I'm like, "Well, that's okay. You're looking at an ace." <laughs> <laughs> Brad, I just want to tell you how fabulous I am. <laughs> uh, greatness, yes, fantastic. Um, uh, so I guess as we will wrap this up, hey guys, check out these films. Uh, obviously, you've seen Rocky Horror. Check out Shock Treatment. It's not hard to get. It's pretty cheap. If you want to be super cheap and just watch on YouTube, you can. Uh, although I will starsely recommend just going on Amazon buying it. It's only like ten bucks, maybe. So yeah, check that out. Uh, any parting thoughts on these two films, Steve? Uh, I am a big fan of musical films, and I think uh, a lot of times anymore, the only musical films that get made are musical films based on musical stage shows. Uh, so That's I true. miss more films being original, made-for-movie musicals. And these two are some of the best you can get. Yeah, well, technically Rocky Horror is based on a stage show. Oh, it was? Yeah, it was. Oh, fuck me. <laughs> Shock treatment wasn't though, so you're okay. Okay, cool. And I, I, I guess I wanted. To, I, I know. I mean, I know Rocky Horror got turned was also a stage show, but I just thought it came second. No, that came well, first. Well, fuck. Many, many of the people actually who are in Rocky Horror worked on the stage. So, well, my opinion's stupid. Ignore me, everyone. <laughs> but, but shock treatment is true. And I, there's one thing I forgot. I forgot I wanted to bring up before we uh, kind of wrapped up and head out. Uh, the reason why you might not know about shock treatment, uh, like I mentioned before, the whole wanting to hit another cult. Uh, gold mine, which anytime you want, a studio wants to make a cult film, they are destined to fail. Yep. Uh, so because of all the midnight things and Rocky Horror picking up really in popularity, uh, Fox, when it came to releasing Shock Treatment, I thought, that this was the, here's the best idea, guys. I got the best idea. Let's release our movie at midnight on October 31st. And that's the only way we're going to release our movie. Perfect. That'll work, right? It'll work perfectly. Uh, it did not work. That is why the film bombed her. And most people and haven't heard of it. <laughs> and sunk into huge obscurity, huge obscurity because they didn't release it. It was a one-time release that didn't get a full theatrical release or anything. Mm -hmm. And so purely by perseverance of fans through shitty VHS releases and then a, up until maybe, I think maybe 2007, 2008 when it got the DVD release, that's like pretty much how people are slowly but surely picking it up. And it's be, that's why it's been gaining more and more ground over recent years. Yeah. So don't be surprised if randomly you'll have someone start bringing up the fact that shock treatment exists and try to expose it to you. But remember, we exposed it to you we first. We were the first. Like a, like a guy to children's playground. Perfect. You can say that was a shock treatment. <laughs> that was a shock treatment. Well, guys, as always, you can find us at moviefilmsofbillandsteve.tumblr.com. Also on our Facebook, uh, just look up uh, moviefilmsofbillandsteve. Uh, you can email us at moviefilmsofbillandsteve at gmail.com. And, of course, of course, of course, we are on iTunes where you can subscribe and leave a five-star review. Say, hey, these cool dudes really like pizza. <laughs> and then leave your five-star review. Perfect. 
You could, you could do that. And if you want the more intimate Lovable experience, you can find me on Twitter at LovableBill. Uh, you can check out my films at facebook.com slash silverspotlightfilms and, of course, at www.silverspotlightfilms.com. And as always, guys, I've been Bill. I've been Steve. And when you listen to us on your iPod, be sure to place it right near your hip, hip, hip. Faggots or maggots? Thank God I'm a man.